Hi, everyone. This is the Harvest Concept Podcast, where we talk about martial arts and its connection to mind, body, and spirit wellness. I'm Sarah Schweitzer. And I'm Justin Martin. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Um, I, well, I guess this is also the place that I'm supposed to plug, like, our past stuff. Um, and so this, yeah, this is in reference to the podcast we did on discipline. Um, I was editing it and listening, editing it and listening to that podcast the other day. And in that moment, I was like, man, there's just, there's so much more to, to talk about here and kind of things to uh, comment back on, but also move towards the future. And uh, I think my topic is going to be like kind of honor or self-honor creating this um, code for yourself that is your kind of your moral code that you live by. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, um, respecting yourself and others around you, your community and all those things, I think is is a big part of being a martial artist. And so when when I was in Taekwondo, there were these tenants and these, these tenants of Taekwondo in the more formal schools, uh, they'll still be repeated at the beginning of class. And honor was the, the first one of those tenants. And so uh, I think that, you know, in discussing how important this is to martial arts, to us being humans and good humans, uh, I think that that's really a, a strong point for Taekwondo and for these Korean martial arts that, you know, that word uh, was such a big part of the, the beginning of class, right? <clears throat> um, so it, in this, you know, one thing that as I was listening back through of you talking about how you were punished so much as a child by your parents, um, and the first thing I was thinking about, was it's like, really my I, therapy session. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was thinking like, goodness gracious, like, I hope that our parents don't listen to this sometimes and think that we like hate them, I won't you know, like, my <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, the, uh, because we love, I love my parents. Um, yes. and I think that my grandparents too, like, but there was like some tough moments. Um, you know, and like you said, being ruled by the stick, like I definitely remember several times with my grandfather where he would say, you know, go pick your switch or, uh, literally take his knife out of his pocket and cut like a, a strand off a willow tree to like whip you with. <laughs> and right. like, it was, <laughs> it was a moment. Right. And it didn't even like have to be hard. Like once he'd done it once or twice, you're like, Oh God, like just the buildup was enough. Absolutely. Like, no, the buildup you know, is the thing. <laughs> it's the thing, man. And so like, yeah, it was, uh, you know, you know, when you'd messed up and like, it was just the whole, the whole walk of shame across the, the lot. Right. But you know, in that sense, there one of the things that you were talking about was like, Hey, you can only do this so much with your kids until they, they run away. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in being like this, um, person that interacts with families on a regular basis as an instructor of kids and adults, um, just as, as you grow up in life, I remember being in my teens and my twenties and interacting with other families that maybe were a little bit different in their family unit than us. And like whether the families were more interactive with their kids or less interactive with their kids. And you saw the relationships and like how they kind of either fractured or like stayed together as they kind of moved forward in life. Right. Um, and you know, that's one thing that I've always uh, somewhat paid attention to, but like uh, also it's just, it's very interesting to me. Like the, <clears throat> uh, surrounding 
that family unit, like what, how that makes those kids grow up, right? And how they pass this group setting on. So what I'm getting at is that I think that when we're, when we're taught as a kid what's right and what's wrong, right, we do build in these punishment structures. And the punishments uh, seemingly um, would be uh, worse as you get older, right? Um, you know, the, the physical punishment as that we associate with that discipline of the switching or popping, um, thanking, I should say not popping. Um, but then that, that physical damage is what the punishment is, the negative reaction to like what you've done. Right. But then like you're, it doesn't work the same, like, you know, throwing stuff at people in the stocks, like public embarrassment, the things of the past, like where they, you know, even branding people or cutting a hand off of a thief, right? These were these crazy punishments. But now we like psychologically punish and physically punish people like by sending them to prison, right? And like, I mean, that's, if you have not ingrained a good moral code in you, and all of a sudden you hit 18, and you run away, but then you end up in jail or you're, you know, uh, imprisoned in the sense of, uh, addiction to drugs or, uh, just sliding down the wrong way. Like these punishments are really, really bad. And so having that honor put into us as children's building of this moral code, I think is, is something very, very important. Um, I think that it's super important to, to also talk about that honor and honoring yourself and saying, Hey man, like I respect myself as a person. I respect these things. And so that where that's where we kind of go into that growth period of like, I want to, to build myself up. I want to do the best for myself. I want to propel myself in the best way forward. Um, and then in general, if we talk about hopefully what most parents intentions are for their children is to, to launch them forward, right. To give them that springboard. Teachers want to push their students forward and say, Hey, this is how we've already done it. We've, I've learned this. We've already, I've already made it through this point. So like, please let me push you forward to the next level. And, you know, in the same sense, honoring that family is super important. Um, you know, one of the discussions that we have when we're talking about MVP students or most improved students, when we're talking about these uh, awards that we give away at testing cycles or once a month in the newsletter, one of the things that we bring up is how they're interacting with what we see with their friends, how they're interacting with their parents or their grandparents, you know, how they interact with their teachers and, and understanding just more about them and how they live their lives. Right. And so it's, it's so important to, to me that, um, that these kids are respecting what their parents are sacrificing for them and understanding, Hey, this is, these are big deals for my life and they are trying to push me forward. And that's why I honor them by, uh, by believing what they say and trying to follow their lead on these things, right? Yeah. I, so I, I just want to go ahead and say that potentially I will make somebody very upset with what <laughs> with my feelings on this conversation. Sure. Um, I think the word that you're using right now, the word respect, mm-hmm. 
is the word that I think is easiest in the American vocabulary. Just like honor is tough because we don't really have like a, mm. it's, it's kind of a loaded word, I think sometimes. And, um, and I understand in the Korean culture, it's a word that is used quite frequently, but I think the word respect is something that most of us like hear and go, okay, I, I know what that means for me, respect for myself, respect for others, mm-hmm. that type of sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, when we talk about whether we t- it's in the parent situation or in a teaching scenario, mm-hmm. um, respect is, is earned. And I think that that's where historically, like, especially in the parent-child relationship, that part of it was not, respect was demanded. Like, in my childhood, respect was demanded. It was not earned, um, in that relationship, um, you know, when you talk about situations where people are disciplining a child, but maybe aren't walking that line themselves, or maybe aren't walking that line the way they're asking the child to walk, you know, there's a lot of conversations around do what I say, not what I do. That's mm-hmm. like sort of that um, mantra that I grew up with. And then demanding children to sort of do things that we ourselves are either a not willing to do or b struggle with doing, you know, quite frankly, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we all, you know, struggle to do that we then in turn expect children to magically just be able to do because we, you know, we say, well, if you don't do it this way, then you're not being respectful of me versus understanding that, you know, we as human beings, you know, are complex um, and if it was easy, we wouldn't have drug addiction. You know, if it was easy, we wouldn't have people, you know, choosing sort of like maybe um, paths that aren't the best, you know, for them. Right. Right. And it's very easy to pick up a switch and smack somebody and say, you're bad. It is so much harder to sit with that person and understand why they're behaving or doing or saying the things that they're doing or saying right Right. that takes that takes time and oftentimes not only does it take time but usually there isn't a simple solution right it's not like oh I get to talk to you for five minutes and I'll figure out like you know when they're small usually it's easy like that right what are you sad about (laughs) you're tired you're hungry your diaper is dirty like it's easy right you know Mm -hmm. as they get older it gets more complicated I mean it's more and the answer is you know, number one, they don't, they may not know. Number two, it may be 20 different things that have just all layered on top and now are creating this sort of explosion or, you know, reaction or um, pushback or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, one of the things that you just did recently in the class is you were talking about, you know, how you show up every day. Um, doing the things that you were asking all of your students to do. And I thought that that was such a powerful statement. Um, And I think as parents, as a parent, I think about that a lot, that I really can't ask my children to do something that I am not willing to do myself, that I am not modeling myself. You know, I can talk about it and say, hey, Um, you know, this is like a good way to live, 
but I even struggle with that. You know, being transparent with your mm-hmm. own personal challenges, I think, is, um, you know, part of that development of earning respect from other people. How do you earn respect from people? You do it by walking the walk that you're, you know, trying to ask other people to do. Um, mm-hmm. And that's and that's hard because really, like, as you're talking, you're talking about respect from others. I don't think that that can be demanded. I think that that has to be earned. And then number one is how do you respect yourself? Because if you don't respect yourself, um, mind, body, and spirit, um, you know, it's no one else is going to have that respect for you. Like it starts with you yourself. Um, and this is for your children as well. I mean, this is the hardest part about parenting you, I mean, you, I mean, I wish it worked the way my parents thought it worked. You know, it would be so much easier to just be like, listen, here are all the things you need to do. I'm not going to do any of them. <laughs> you go forth and be a really great person. And I'll just, you know, kind of like hang back here. I have to, I have to model that behavior. I have to be that way. And I have to, um, the other word I think about a lot is I have to come at them with love. I have to come at everyone with love and empathy and really, um, you know, kind of understand that they're all, like I said, bringing this tapestry of challenges with them. And so what, what may be on the surface, getting a bad grade at school, right? Mm-hmm. Not behaving well during a class. I don't know what it is. Having a meltdown at Target. All right. of those things are just, it's, that's just the out that's just the outcry underneath is, you know, what is, what is really causing that. And if you are not willing to get to that deeper level as a parent, as a teacher, as a friend, if you're not willing to get in there and really say, what's happening here? Why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Um, And really be kind and thoughtful and respectful in that conversation. I don't think that you can have a long-term relationship with these people. I think they will leave you or they'll have, they'll be around you, but it will always be surface. I think that's the other part about families. A lot of times people will see a family and be like, Oh, they're always together. Mm-hmm. But what they don't understand is that sometimes that can be surface. Even that activity of coming together mm-hmm. cannot be very meaningful. It can be surface or it can be painful for a lot of people that are in the room. <laughs> this is true. That are being um... forced to be there. <laughs> Look, I'll comment to you in a, in a couple different ways, because I think that um, I think that the things that you're saying are very true. Uh, but I also think that um, there ha- there's balance and, and grace to these statements, too, um, meaning that Absolutely. you said, uh, you know, don't do do what I'm saying not as I do right but I think the the counterpoint to that statement is do do as I'm telling you not as I did right like maybe maybe you never had the experience before <clears throat> maybe you, drugs and alcohol weren't a part of your life maybe uh being acting up in class or getting bad grades wasn't a part of your life um and you can model to your to your kids or your students in that way and say hey look i've never done this and this is what ah, has been no, provided no. to me right but then there's also the like the people that have done those things and say hey this is a dark road to go down don't do that um 
<laughs> you know, and right, I've made but you it through. Have to be, no, no. Just to clarify, what I'm saying is, it's like, let's say you've been down the dark road, and I have been down multiple dark roads, and I myself, and I'm very, very transparent with my children, probably more so than most people probably would be comfortable with. And sometimes they're like, "Mom, that's too much. You're sharing too much." And I think that that actually is really great for your kids because, you know, you're sharing with them and saying, listen, I'm not perfect and it's okay. You're going to make mistakes. The important thing is what do you do next? But you can't say don't do drugs and be doing a line of cocaine. You know, like you can't, like you have to, I mean, I think there's like this whole theory of like, I'm the parent I'm going to instill or I'm the teacher I'm going to instill but you have to be as as a teacher, you, you know, if you want people to be a learner, you have to be a learner and you have to share with them how you learn. We don't all have to learn the same things, but it can be, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I by no means. I mean, I think that like, again, I think, you know, as a parent, if you've had if you have had challenges in your life, you know, like one of the things that I talk to my kids about a lot is the fact that I, I got married at 21. I got divorced at 27. I talk about that relationship a lot with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what were the, you know, kind of factors and what were the lessons learned? And I also share with them that I wouldn't change any of those things because, like, I had to go through that difficult time in mm-hmm. order to be the person that I am today. So there's this, like, balance of understanding and I think that that's why I'm saying for your kids I think sometimes we get so worried when they do something wrong or they get a bad grade and we're like oh man I'm failing as a parent and it's like no no this is the opportunity for you to weigh in and say how do we solve for this how do we how do we grow from this instead of coming down and being like you're a terrible person you did like you're you didn't study you must have done all these bad things, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Number one, recognizing that most of the time, these kids are probably already like scared, beating themselves up, whatever. Like it's, you know, they're have like their own emotional reaction, whether you can see it or not right. internally about the mistake, about the bad grade, about whatever. Right. Right. And so it's, if you come at them and you say, like, how do we solve for this? What's going on? Um, and also kind of putting the whatever the thing is in perspective. You know, a bad grade at school does not mean your child hates school or, is, you know, a slacker or, you know, any of these things that I think we kind of like go to. It's like, the, you know, we have something happens and it's like the end of the world. And it's like not the end of the world. It's an opportunity. And I think that, you know, we're talking about respect and honor. We need to honor our children and we need to honor their feelings. And we need to honor the fact that they are autonomous people and they are not us. They are their, themselves wholly. And if we want to be respectful and we want them to respect us, we have to model that in that situation that's the hardest thing about being a parent is that it's at the worst of times where you have to find within yourself the type of person you want your child to be and then be that person right Right. like at the worst yeah i think uh, again the and we when also I say grace, you know, that's, we do have problems and we talked about grace with the discipline episode. Like, you know, you have to have grace with understanding that you mess up, but it is, it's what you do after the mess up, um, uh, to resolve that issue. 
Um, I think that, uh, you know, you were talking uh, earlier about respect. And I think, again, that's a good kind of word to kind of tie uh, in this honor side of things. Um, <clears throat> one thing that I, I saw yesterday, I went to my first elementary school field trip with Rigby. Oh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, exciting times. Congratulations. We to, yes, thank you. We went to the, the apple orchard. And, um, you know, her, her teacher, um, was lining up the kids and she said very specifically this one kid's name and with the loudest voice, he, I mean, not a very respectful, loud voice, right? It was a very clear answer. He was like, yes, ma'am. And like, just snapped it off. And I was like, dang, that was a good answer. And, uh, she, uh, responded and I was just commenting to myself right like I wasn't trying to like make a big deal about it but the the teacher was like oh yeah he's like that every day on point and I was like man that's that's pretty awesome right that he's he's aware of what's going on and responding in a way and this is you know what we talk about in class but you know what I also like in my mind I made a comment to Rigby later I was like you know did you hear that comment that happened like back and forth with so-and-so and she was like yep sure did <laughs> and I was like don't we teach you to answer up and like say things in class and she goes yeah and, and Hamido yeah we talk about that and I was like don't you think that should be something that you do everywhere <laughs> she was like yeah, no. I guess so I, I don't know <laughs> like, <laughs> I told you what I said yeah mom <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's like a time and a place for that mom and school's not it. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, and to me growing up, uh, that was like such a big deal um, made to by my parents and my grandparents. Um, politeness, the using correct grammar were, was something that my grandmother would snap to like all the time. Like she was a perfectionist. If you were not saying, you said ain't, you know, whatever, however you mispronounce something, she was going to correct you. And I'm, I'm not really sure where the history of that comes from with her, uh, but that was just something growing up. And so it just, it, it struck me as, um, as something that stood out yesterday with that kid. And one of the things that my grandmother would say to us and grandfather was that if politeness and respect, uh, this honor go a long way, Right. So, like, that kid right there answered that way. Like, he got my attention, right? More than almost any other child on that field trip, right? There were Rigby's friends that I got introduced to and got to spend a little more time with. And some of them I already knew. Some of them were new to me. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, then you see maybe other kids that are, uh, uh, I guess I should say, abstract, meaning that they are maybe a little bit more wild or like uh, doing this, that, and the other, and they're going to grab your attention because they're doing something that's not what everybody else is doing. Right. Um, or they're trying to draw attention to themselves, <clears throat> but then, you know, those, the ones that show that politeness that, that really stands out. And it really, um, it's something that I guess I pick up on. Uh, but I think that other people really do pick up on it. If you're, if you're kind, right. Um, another thing that I do is I, I love to walk to school and, or let the kids ride their bikes to school. And, you know, you pass a lot of other people 
on the sidewalk that are doing a similar thing. And like you, you see them almost every day. Uh, the, I don't know all their names and a lot of it's just an in passing thing, but I, I respectfully try to say hello or good morning, good afternoon. Uh, honor them as I'm walking by, not just passing by them. Um, and so again, I think that that, that smile, um, is something that it helps, you know, welcome them to their day, not just that they're being passed by, but also it makes you feel good as you're like being open to somebody else. Right. Um, I think that that's just a, a good feeling that gets implanted in you by having that kind of honor for the people around you too. Yeah. I mean, I think you, I mean, for your children, you model, you model every day, like your thoughts on how to kind of live a good and respectful life. I mean, every day I, and I, and you're transparent about your thoughts around that and, um, open to other ideas around how to improve. I mean, I think that you are an example of someone who like walks his, his talk, you know, like, I, I think that that's, you know, I, I would be, I mean, I think your children know exactly how you feel and, um, know exactly, um, and it's reinforced every day by your actions or by your words and, and how you, how you have chosen to live your life. I think that that's what I'm, you know, talking about when we talk about respect, you know, you respect your children, you respect yourself, you respect other others and you, and you live that way. Um, and you represent that, whether it's walking to school and saying hi to people or, you know, when you're in class, you know, you know, the way you present during class, even though you're usually leading class, you know, it's consistent and it, um, underscores the things that you feel are valuable um, there's no question in my mind, you know, what you, sorry, sorry, get <laughs> no question in my mind, what, you know, what, um, you know, what you value in this life. There's no question because you, you, you do it. Um, there's somebody having a problem, but, um, you know, and I <laughs> always. hope that I always, I hope that, um, you know, I hope that my children feel the same way you know, about me, that what I um, respect and value, I, I live that out in my own, in my own life. You know, I think that, you know, one of the things that I would always tell my kids, because they'll come home and they would say things like, oh, so-and-so was like acting up or doing these things, blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and we would, I would always talk to them about the fact that that person needs something. The, you know, if someone is, is seeking attention or acting out or has this behavior, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a cry for something or for some things that mm-hmm. they're not getting. Either they're not getting it at home or they're not getting it at school or they're not getting it somewhere, you know, in their life. And I would explain to my kids, and I still do now, you know, that not everybody, you know, lives the way that we do. Not everybody has like the security um, that we have, you know, food security, you know, all of those things. Um, you know, the fact that they don't have to have to worry about 
you know, where they're going to spend the night or what their meals, next meal is going to be, um, you know, is, is a, is a privilege and, and, a, and a level of comfort and security that, um, you know, some, a lot of other kids don't have. Right. And so I think sometimes when we um, see these things and we define them as being like not respectful or not like sort of honoring or not following a particular code, I think we have to be always be mindful that again, you know, people are bringing things um, with them that we may not be aware of, you know, mm-hmm. um, yesterday, I had uh, a sad day. I very rarely have uh, sad days. Mm -hmm. And it was not for any reason. Like, I could not think of any reason why. But I just felt so, like, desperately sad. Just desperately sad. And I did all the things I normally do that will make me feel all the things I should be feeling. And none of it was working. And I still went to class. And I shared with everyone at class that I was having a sad day. And Melissa made us do these breathing things. And I think I was crying during the whole breathing <laughs> thing. I just cannot make it stop. Yeah. I cannot make it stop, right? Mm-hmm. But um, however, I you know, respected that as much as I hate that feeling um, and I wanted to make go away, I respected that feeling. I shared with other people that I was feeling that way. I, you know, understood that I did not understand where it was coming from, but that was okay. And I shared that with everyone, you know, was just trying to model that behavior. And I kept talking to Ava about it and she just kept giving me hugs uh, and saying, it's going to be okay, mom. And she's like, you know, sometimes we just have sad days. And I'm like, sometimes we just have sad days and it's okay. But, you know, I think respecting yourself and not seeing that as a weakness sharing with other people so that mm-hmm. way they know that it's not a weakness. Um, you know, those, those are like those human moments. And I think it's so important that we have them particularly with our children, that we are vulnerable as much as, it's, as hard as, as it is, you know, and can be very difficult to have these conversations with our kids have to be vulnerable and respectful of ourselves and respectful of them, um, you know, in order to have a, you know, a real relationship yeah. Look, I think that uh, I'll, I'll end it with this. The, the one thing that I saw with or I read an article the other day about was um, teaching in teaching your own kids. Do we talk about this? I don't think so. OK, so this article was saying that it was talking about being uh, I think it was very specifically talking about being like a coach for a kid's sports team mm-hmm. and saying like how difficult that is. Um, and this is something that I thought about. I, I sponsor the kids soccer teams. And when you sign up the kids for soccer, like they're immediately starting to hound you about being a volunteer coach. Right. Yes. And <clears throat> I do have a great experience with kids, but I don't know how to teach kids to be great soccer players because I'm not a soccer coach. Right. Um, but I, I kind of fill out those forms and say, look, if somebody needs me to be an assistant coach or fill in every once in a while, then I'm happy to do so. But like I, I work these hours that you guys are trying to have soccer practices and games. And so I can't be um, consistently there, but you know, I am, I'm respectful of what you're doing. This article was talking about it and my son's uh, son's, coach's son (laughs) my lose coach's son is on their team right and he does everything that 
Lou did to me when I first started teaching Lou in classes and Rigby in classes, right? It's just like there's this comfort level with you being their parent and them being around you all the time um, that they're, when you put them into this authoritarian place where you're trying to teach them, it becomes very difficult. And then the other kids see them acting that way and they don't really have an understanding about what that means that they're your kid. Right. And so like, then they start seeing, Oh, well they act this way. Then I'm going to act this way too. Right. Um, So it's, it's just really destructive uh, to teams and classes sometimes. Um, And so it takes a lot to get through it. And I had very special empathy because Lou's soccer team, I was watching the other kid, the coach's son, just give her so much grief. And I was like, oh, gosh, I feel feel right now for I feel you. (laughs) Like, I know know what you're going through. And I like, you know, without without going to that level, just it's just understanding like, man, I I feel it. Um, But what the point is that these kids live with us all the time. And, you know, I was talking to Amber about it and I said, look, Amber, you're the one that knows me the most, right? You know what I'm good at. You know what I'm really bad at. You know where my, you know, my failures or my mistakes are in life. You have all that knowledge, right? And, you know, my kids are probably the second in line. Um, You know, my parents definitely know me from my early years. They know my failures from that point. But, you know, kids, even if they can't even describe what they are or know exactly what those failures are, whether it be me losing it in them being the craziest that they can possibly be and like be like, ah, you know, in this moment and and like or uh, just seeing something that I did that was not what I was supposed to do. Right. And that's a tick off of theirs. Right. And so they see me mess up or not do what I'm supposed to do. And that gives them space. Right. And so even if they cannot construct that, like they stand it. And so even as a three-year-old, a four-year-old, like they see that comfort with you and a need for not (laughs) listening to you in that way. Right. Um, and so I think this just becomes more and more advanced as they grow older and they understand more and they see you more. Right. And so, uh, one thing that I talk about in my life, and this is now my parenting therapy session is that I feel like my parents were very near me when I was young and like, my grandparents were around me a lot. I did a lot of really fun things such as going to drawing and art classes as a kid. There was a season where I took Spanish classes as a kid that was like outside of school. And like I played sports and my dad and my mom and my grandparents were all like involved in all those things, taking me to the class. Um, but, uh, just helping me to experience, I feel like culture and, and different things for me to do. Right. Um, and then, as I got older, there was this like separation that started occurring and I'm not sure exactly why that was, but like my, my late middle school into high school years was where I was like starting to like pull away and wanting to do my own thing with like my friends all the time. And when that happened, it like me and my, my parents and I like kind of separated at that point in time. And like, there was a lot of, problems that occurred from that, meaning that I couldn't 
complete tasks. I would, uh, I never got my Eagle Scout. I was right there. I should have been pushed to do the rest of that, right? I have these, these moments in my life that like were maybe big major goals that I didn't finish. Um, and, uh, bigger things that I could have done, but I wasn't necessarily encouraged to do them. I, th- I think that life has, uh, twists and turns and these decisions, these forks in the road that you can make. Right. And sometimes you're set up to make those decisions on your own. And sometimes, uh, it's really good to have mentorship, whether that be your parents or even other professionals, like as you grow older, where you have leaders that can kind of help you and guide you to make your own decisions uh, for what's going on. But you have to have maturity in whatever you're doing to be able to make those decisions properly, right? Um, And so all that being said, I think that there was you know, this love, this build of relationship in being young was a big part of my life. And then as I got older, I kind of lost that mentorship some. And so in coaches, in my parents, in different things, I think there was places that I could have been way more successful, but I wasn't because I didn't have maturity slash leadership to make those decisions on my own. Are you saying, when you say maturity, do you mean for your, that you didn't have maturity? Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I would point out and say all the adults around you, no offense to Justin's mm. parents and all his mentors, um, those people did not have maturity. It's not your responsibility. You are the child. Like, I think that that's, I think right. I see this all the time, right? Like, I mean, maybe that's what you were saying, but I, I, cause I, you know, I think that, I mean, as hard as children, small people are in mm-hmm. elementary school, whatever, and the, the things that you're in right now, it's pretty straightforward from an emotional standpoint, like sure. small children are pretty straightforward. They want to play. Mm-hmm. They need to eat. They need to sleep. They need to go to the bathroom. Like they're really, right. they're like puppies. Like it's really, once you get it, it's pretty straightforward. Right? right. And what happens when you get to middle school, particularly I would say around like end of fourth grade, fifth grade, that, that kind of like nine, 10, 11 queen years is where I'm here. The, um, yeah. Okay, good. Oh, it's where the emotions is okay, good. The, yeah. Is where the emotions start, right? Mm-hmm. Is where um, you know, is where that person who's really been there all along but just could not articulate who they are, it really comes comes out. And I think that, you know, I think it's very common for parents to kind of like tap out at that point mm-hmm. because it's it's hard. Sure. It's hard for you personally. You have to really do a lot of soul searching personally. Mm-hmm. And you have to have, like I was saying earlier, these really like um, vulnerable and transparent conversations with your kid. And you have to be willing to say things like, I, I don't know the right answer. I don't know. You know, I'm still struggling with this myself or I've had challenge with this in the past or I continue to have challenges with this. Um, and really be, you know, open with them and respectful of like who they are and understand that like they have hormones raging and their brain is not fully developed. There's a lot of stuff just like biologically that's there that has nothing to do with on top of all the other like external factors. Right. right? 
And it's like you're talking about things like, um, you know, the, the Eagle Scout is probably a good example. I think a lot of people you kind of have where they didn't they didn't complete it. Mm-hmm. And I know that like with my children, particularly with Ava, the only reason why they're going to get their adult black belt is because I'm going to ensure that they get their adult black belt. Right. And I'm going to ensure it because I'm going to talk to them and I continue to talk to them about how this process that we're following in achieving that belt, mm-hmm. the practice, the breaking things down, the having goals, the mind, body, and spirit that you get from the, this practice that we are doing, um, the need to be a healthy, physically human being, community-wise, and also ensure that you're eating the right foods at home so that you have that ability to kind of get through those hard classes and those hard practices. Um, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm teaching them Mm -hmm. in all of those things. You know, we're having those hard discussions about not quitting, but also being respectful of them and not like just grinding them. You know what I mean? There's like that balance that we've talked about, it's like not letting them give up, but at the same time, not grinding them so that it's not respectful of their own needs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if they have a day where they're exhausted and they're mm-hmm. legitimately tired, they don't have to go to practice. Like that's like, like there are moments where you need to be respectful of your body and understand, you know, that, you know, that you need to take a rest or whatever it is and recognizing and, and teaching them how to listen to themselves so having that respect for, you know, listening to them, but also recognizing that, you know, I think that what we're talking about with parenting is that, you know, we have a responsibility to be the adult in the room, mm-hmm. right? Like we have the responsibility to be the person that has the fully developed brain. You know, we have that responsibility to, um, and it's hard and it's legitimately, legitimately the hardest job on the planet. Um, and I don't question when people say that they don't want to have kids. I'm like, I get it. I understand you. You do you. I totally understand because it's tough. It's tough. It's really, really tough. It's tough. Um, but it is rewarding. It's rewarding. And everybody's different. Everybody does it a little bit differently. And I think we should all move to the common goal, but look, it is tough. Keep, keep what you know is important important i would say and that's that's maintaining that honor and you know to just about to give you a high five i'm going to say that i think in our conversation about discipline it's so important to develop that discipline and help your kids to develop this discipline of what they need to do and exactly like you're saying where it's all back about the mind body and spirit you're protecting yourself you're growing yourself and bettering yourself always so super important high five High five. Pow.